Well, I don't know about you, but starting a little country ain't too bad, is it? A little bit of country. I love that song that reminds us that God's grace is so available for us. Wherever you've been this week, whatever you've been up to, aren't you, aren't, aren't you thankful for his forgiveness in your life? We all need it every single day. Hey, my name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. Always good to gather on Sunday. It's good to gather in person again on Sunday mornings in this space. Uh, good to have you. Even if you're online, you're with us. You're a part of this community, so thanks for gathering online with us. Uh, we are a community. We are following Jesus, and we are learning to love. That's our pursuit. It's our direction. It's our identity. Now, I always uh, try to give you a question to think about, and today, instead of the question, we have a game to play in just a few minutes. So we like to play games every now and then. Who's excited for a little game today? All right, we got a couple excited people because football starts, and so we had to throw a game in the mix. But before you're seated, couple quick things. I want you to get in your mind something good that happened this week. You have something good in your mind that happened this week? Now, I know some of you don't because you haven't smiled yet. Like, if something good happened in your life, you should smile about it. And the second thing is, before you're seated, we have uh, new journals that are, are beginning today. And if you didn't get one, right now is the perfect time to slip out before everybody sits down and go and grab one in the back of the room. We would bring them to you, but we're trying not to hand things out. So if you didn't get a journal, you're going to need one. So uh, I'm stalling right now for you to grab one. Online, we have digital uh, journals, but we really want you to have a physical copy. And so if you're online and you don't have one yet, swing by this week. Uh, we're open every single day, district coffee. If you buy a coffee, you get a free journal. It's awesome. Or if you show up on Sundays, you get a free journal. So whatever works for you, Okay, it's looking like most everybody's got one. So go ahead and grab a seat wherever you are. You got that good thing in your mind, something good that happened this week? I'll tell you the good thing that happened this week. The nighttime lows oh, yeah. is a good thing that happened this week, right? Uh, the nighttime lows are in the 70s, which makes me smile. I don't know if you've been out in the evening uh, but it's so good in the evenings right now. If you're on your back patio or front patio or you go for a walk, um, it just feels so much nicer, doesn't it? It's like no longer the surface of the sun, like we've gotten away from it just a little bit. And uh, it's, it's, it's always good. Hey, a few, few things going on kicking off this week. We've got a number of groups starting this week. And so if you're not yet a part of a group, um, now's the perfect time to jump into a group. And we wanna help you get connected to the right group and groups are all about connecting in healthy relationships and encouraging one another to take steps of faith. And if you want to know more about some groups, right after the service, directly after the service, there's a connect room. So as you're exiting just to your left, if you slip into that connect room, Cameron will be in there, Whitney will be in there. They'll help you with the groups, let you know what kind of groups. Women's Bible studies begin, most of them, this week. So Wednesday... Uh, Morning, we have some uh, a women's Bible study here on campus. We have a couple that are virtual uh, this year as well. So women, uh, it's a great time to jump in. Man camp is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And man camp, I don't know what all they do, but um, last year we almost uh, got in trouble for a bonfire. So it, that's all I need to say. And most of you men will want to jump in and be a part of uh, man camp up uh, north. It's going to be a great uh, opportunity just to connect with some other men and uh, do man things. And then we have uh, sandbags and snow cones coming up, which sounds awesome. 
sandbags and snow cones, a great way for our families to, to reconnect here. And uh, there's going to be sandbags and snow cones there. <laughs> we came up with a creative name to help you understand this sandbags and snow cones. Okay, uh, I want to just take a moment and say thanks to you, those who consider this your church home and you've continued just to give generously. I just want to say thank you. I know it's been a crazy season where we've been in many different places and isolated, but so many of you transitioned to online recurring giving, and that has been so helpful to the, for the mission just to continue here at McDowell. So I just want to say thank you for your generosity and for continuing uh, to give so that the mission would be continued. And uh, some of you give on Sundays when, when you're here in this space, and we have boxes around the room for you to do that. Uh, at every exit, there's a place if you want to give, uh, and online is, is a great place, mcdowell.church slash give. So again, thank you for your generosity in this season that just is continuing to propel the mission forward. And I just want to celebrate the fact that even in this season, now we've had some uh, lower expenses, which has been helpful. Uh, our, our giving is a little bit lower, but we've, we've been in the black uh, for the entire year, which is awesome. And that's just a testimony. It's, it's a testimony to God's faithfulness, and God's faithfulness is through our giving and our generosity. So thank you for that. It's, it's, it's awesome. Okay, so I told you we had a little game. We're going to play a little game. And uh, usually Sean, when Sean's up here, sometimes he helps us with games like this. And I did not give him a heads up on on what we're gonna be doing. So he, uh, earlier this morning, he came to me and he said, now is there something I should know? And I said, we'll see. <laughs> so uh, here's the deal. Uh, if, how many of you like music? Do we have any people who like music? Okay, how many of you like country music? We have yeah. country music fan. How many of you like good old rock and roll and classic rock and roll? Um, how many of you like pop? Any fans of pop music? Some, a little bit, okay. So I've got you all covered this morning. Here's what we're gonna do. When you listen to music over and over and over and over and over again, sometimes it gets stuck in your head. And you could go years without hearing the song and if it comes on again, you know the lyric that's coming, don't you? A lot of, the, a lot of them, not, not all of them. And so we're gonna see if you can remember the lyrics and the artist who sang uh, these songs, and Sean just, if, if he wants to try to play the song, uh, if he can figure it out and play the song, that's awesome. But if he can't, it's fine too, because you're going to tell me the lyric and the artist. And we're going to start out, we're going to start out super simple, okay? So this is the easiest one. If you miss this one, you should probably just quit the game, because it's that easy. So here's the first one. Here's the first lyric. You've got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to... And the artist is... Do you have that in your... No, I don't. Oh. Can I, can I quit? <laughs> Sean, we just started. Okay, he'll get the next one, because we're going to move into another genre. So did everybody get that right? Did everybody get that one? Kenny Rogers, you got that? Stuck in your head. Let's see if you can sing it. You gotta bend up Joe, you are playing way too fast. You've never heard this song, have you?
Good job. That's awesome. I wish he had sing some of our worship songs like that. Okay. The next one, just one simple line. Here's this next one. One simple line. You can't always get what you... You can't always get what you... Oh, man. Sean's out. Okay. So who... The artist is... The Rolling Stones. See, it just kind of sticks in your mind. You can't... Okay, this next one's a little bit more difficult. We're going to increase in difficulty as we go. Um, so here's this next one. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Wow. Good job. And the artist is? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Hmm. Good job. Oh, that's an old photo of Michael. <laughs> you guys remember that album? Okay. Uh, one more. Uh, we got two more. Two more. How many of you have gotten all of them right so far? All right. We got some good musicians. Okay, here's the next one. This is a little bit more difficult. Whoa. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh. I'll give you the next line. This one will help, but I think someone already got it. Here's the next line of the song, which might help. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> now, now, these aren't just good songs. They teach good lessons, <laughs> life lessons that we should all remember. Okay, one last one, and because we got so many country fans, I thought this one would kind of stick with us, and it kind of leans back into... Uh, Okay, here we go. Just because he may not answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are? Now, not everybody got that, but unanswered prayers. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Now, it's interesting. These songs just kind of stick in our minds, and they, the lyrics kind of come back. And sometimes if we just hear like a lick, and this is really what I wanted Sean for. If you just hear a lick, do you know the, the, the most recognizable intro uh, guitar lick in history? To any song? Yeah, yeah, to any song. Do you know what it is? Don't say it out loud, but can you play it? The most recognizable intro lick. That's... Okay, that's close. Do you know the song? Do some of you get, have it? Sweet home. Sweet home, Alabama. No. Oh, yeah. the, the, the most. Turn it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, we got drums? Okay, okay. All right. Some of you are like, where am I right now? I mean, I thought I was going back to church. And we just entered a whole nother world. And some of you are like, is there a Bible in this place? I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay, so usually sometimes there's a, a point to the games that we play and the questions we ask. Sometimes there's not. You have to decide if today there is a reason we kind of try to get that into to our head. Now, um, one of my majors in college was not music, uh, was business administration. One of my majors in college was business administration. And in those days, it's been a few years, um, one of the authors who wrote some business books that we, we paid attention to, uh, his name was Stephen Covey. Do you guys remember Stephen Covey? Do you remember the name of the book that he wrote? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think, was like the key one. But then he wrote another book coming out of that that I remember. And that book was um, called First Things First. 
Remember the, the book, First Things First? And this is what he said, brilliant uh, quote from, from Stephen Covey. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Brilliant, huh? Now, those of you who are managers or business owners, uh, and, and you've, you've walked through a season of, of building a business or leading a business, this is one of the most difficult things to do in business, isn't it? To keep the main thing the main thing. Because in, in life, in business, once you begin to build something and it's successful, it's easy to leave the path that you've created. Starbucks went through this uh, a number of times when they began to, to get off the path of what was their bread and butter, and, and they began to di diverge into other things, and then they had to come back and say, no, no, we got to get back to the main thing. So uh, he, he went on to say, effective leadership is putting first things first. Effective management is discipline in carrying it out. Does that make sense? So if you think about business, like leadership is all about keeping the main thing the main thing, first things first. And management, effective management, is about helping the organization stay in line with the main thing, with the first things, the, the most important things. Uh, I, I know we've got some coaches in the room. I'm gonna try to play this out in different areas of our lives. I know we've got some coaches in the room. And when a, when a team gets off track, when a team begins to enter into a season of chaos, uh, oftentimes the answer is to get back to the, the basis, the fundamentals of the game, right? We get back to the fundamentals. Uh, every year when our kids get back into school, uh, they have to get back to the fundamentals. Uh, this week, my, uh, my middle son, who's in 10th grade, Algebra 2, he came home and he said, hey, I need a little help getting ready for a test. And he put his stuff down and I looked at it and I was like, well, who, do we, who should we call to help you? <laughs> and I said, give me, give me 10 minutes and um, I need to get back to the fundamentals, and um, two plus two is two, two, four. Okay, I've got that. And I pulled out my calculator, and I was able to help him get to a, a, a baseline until he hit a certain place, and then it was no longer fundamentals. It was just crazy math. And so uh, that's what we do. In a house, in a family, uh, when, when things get chaotic and the, and the tensions begin to rise, Sometimes the best thing to do is unplug from everything, sit down together and get back to the basics, to be reminded. Um, some, someone told me this when we were young in our marriage. They said, Matt and, and Robin, don't ever give up having a date night because date night will keep you connected. If you do this on a weekly or biweekly basis, it'll keep you connected and it'll keep the main thing the main thing. It'll keep the focus on the love that you have so that you don't begin to drift apart. And so often that's what happens in marriages is, is, is just life gets busy and chaotic and we just kind of drift apart. And then we wonder, like, what was it that brought us together in the first place, right? Are you with me? Are you still with me? So the same thing is true when it comes to the faith. That so often we, we get off track and go in different directions. And so for the next few weeks, I want to help us, and, and I want to return to the basics and get back. We've been in this season of chaos, right? And we're still in this season of chaos. And sometimes the best thing to do is to get back to the basics. So I want to tell you a story, and then we're going to sing a song as we let that set in. 
And then I want to get back to an Old Testament uh, passage of Scripture that we're going to talk about uh, this week and then the next couple weeks. We're going we're to kind of dig in a little bit. Are you ready? Okay, so the story. So Jesus, uh, who we follow, Jesus was approached by uh, some uh, religious leaders, and they had a question for him. And just the context of this, uh, oftentimes we don't understand the context, but the context was, was, was not like... They, they didn't really want to know his answer. They, they weren't interested in, like, learning from Jesus. They wanted to peg Jesus, right? They wanted to trap Jesus. And so they came to him with this question. Jesus, Rabbi, what is, in all of the Torah, uh, the law of, of the Old Testament, what is the most important commandment? Interesting question, isn't it? And what the religious leaders were doing is they were trying to trap Jesus into saying something. And once they got him trapped into saying something, if, if he elevated a certain commandment above all the others, that was like he, he, he kind of discredited himself. Now, let's go back contextually real quick. Um, do you remember how many commandments there were for the Jewish people in the, in the Old Testament? Anybody want to take a stab? Well, what were the biggies? How many were, uh, biggies were there? The, the big ones. Yes, 10. Very good. 10 big ones, right? The 10 commandments. You guys remember that, the 10 commandment thing? Yes. So there were 10 big ones. But then if you read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, there were more. Anybody want to just take a stab? I know it's tough. 613. Oh, six. There were a total of about 613 commandments. Can you imagine trying to keep 613 commandments? Can you imagine if, like, one day the priest walked in and said, hey, let's just go back to the basics. There's 613 of them. Like, whoa, I, 10. Are, can we get to 10? Okay, the 10 big uh, So 613. And so basically what Jesus was being asked was, from these 613, what is the most important commandment? Do you, do you remember this story a little bit? And Jesus said, Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. He's alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength. And then he said, and there's a second one. And these two kind of set the stage. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what's interesting about this, this little story in, in Jesus's life is that Jesus wasn't just making these two things up. He didn't just like pull these things from the air. Jesus was quoting scripture. And the first little piece of this quoted scripture, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you must love the Lord your God. Like that was the most basic prayer and commitment of every Jew throughout the last few thousand years. It was central. It was the basics. It was the foundation of their faith. And Jesus was, was bringing them back to the basics, the foundation. And he was saying this is the most important and, and there's a second that you, you, we've, we've probably missed a little bit, but this is, this is the most important, and it was called the Shema. Can you say the Shema? Um, 
And, and I want to go back in just a couple of minutes. I want to go back to this, this basic and see if we can't plug in a little bit to maybe what God would have for us to be reminded of in this season of chaos and things in so many different directions, the foundation of our faith. Now, uh, the reason I wanted to play a game about songs is because songs do have a way of sticking in us, don't they? In our hearts and in our minds, and when we repeat things over and over, it's just this reminder. And so um, we're going to sing a song, and uh, this song, uh, many of us have begun to love this song. Uh, it's called Raise a Hallelujah, and it's just this reminder, something to stick, stick in us at this, this season that in the presence of our enemies... Like, we're going to raise a hallelujah. We're going we're gonna, to, no matter what we're facing, we're going to continue to turn back to God and worship him above all else. So would you stand with me as we sing this song together? And just let that idea of loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength just begin to settle into us. All right, go ahead and grab a seat. That was better than, like, the singing of the other songs, which is awesome. Like, we should sing those songs with some joy and some oomph if that's a word. Okay, so the Shema, uh, an Old Testament passage found in the book of Deuteronomy. Um, I, I, was, I was thinking about this, this concept of when your kids are young and you, you want to implant certain things in them that they never, you know, that they never forget. Like what's a phrase that you want your kids never to forget? Anybody? Please say please and, and thank you. That's a good thing uh, for our kids to remember. Anything else you want your kids to know? I love you. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Like, and from the time you first hold your child, I mean, can you remember that? Just like, I, I love you, and I want you to know that I love you. And, and my kids are, are in the stages where uh, our oldest, at least, has gone off to college. The second one's getting closer to that. And um, I was thinking this week, like, what do I want my oldest who's going to college, what do I want him to know above all else? Like, what do I want him to hold from our home, from, from Robin and from me? What do I want him to hold on to? And I was thinking three things, and some of you are above me in this. Like, you're, you're beyond kind of where I am. I want Connor to know that I love him, and nothing will ever change that. Don't you want your kids to know that? I want him to know that I, I love you. And nothing will, will change that. And the second thing I want him to know is that I believe in him. And I don't care what anybody else around you says. I believe in you. I believe in who God de designed you to be. And I, I believe that you have something in you. And the third thing I want him to know is that he can always come home. Don't you want your, don't you want your kids to remember those things? There's just certain things that we want to implant into our, our kids so that when they leave, they just never forget the most important things, the foundational things. In the, in the, in the Jewish faith, the Shema, which is found in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, was kind of like that. It was the foundational truth that parents who had, who had experienced God that parents wanted their children to know and to lean into and to some, some thoughts to hide in their heart that they would never, ever walk away from, that they would never forget. And 
Uh, it's an interesting word, just Shema is an interesting word. It, it became known as the Shema because the first word is Shema. And um, there's, there's some translation issues when, when you come to he, from, from Hebrew into English. And part of that is because of the number of words in Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, and the number of words in, in modern-day English, our language. Um, catch this. In, in ancient, uh, ancient Hebrew, there were about 8,000 words. That's all, about 8,000 words. You know how many English words right now, uh, roughly? 400,000. So 8,000 words we have, like in Scripture, and we, we have, like, conceptually, we, we have 400,000 words that we might use, and so sometimes it's difficult to translate precisely what the biblical authors were, were trying to un, help us understand. But the Shema, that word, is usually translated, if you open your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's usually translated either listen or hear. That's, that's the word that we, we most often find translated. Now, I'm going to nerd out for a minute, so I apologize to those of you who don't like when we nerd out a little bit. Um, but the word is usually translated listen uh, or, or hear. Listen, O Israel, or hear, O Israel, is that beginning of that, that Shema. Have, have you ever um, asked your kids to do something and they nodded? And, and they, they didn't follow through with what you asked them to do. Has that ever happened to any parent in the room? Yes, it's happened before. And what do you say in response to your children? Did you, did you hear me? And what you're not really asking is, did sound waves leave my mouth and travel through the airwaves into your eardrums, and did you make sense of what was coming? You're not really asking that because you know they heard you because they nodded their head. What are you asking? Why in the world did you not do what I asked you to do? Shema is, is kind of that, that idea, that concept. It means listen or hear, but it also means pay attention, and it also means obey. It's this packed word, and it, it, there's, there's just so much into it. If you, if you look in other passages in the Old Testament, when David uh, in Psalms is crying out to God, and he says, God, shma me, he's saying, God, pay attention to me. Not just, like, hear the words that I'm speaking, but pay attention it's this idea of, uh, of listening and paying attention and like waking up and doing something about it. So when we, when we enter into this, this, this prayer, this foundational prayer, the, the, the thing that every good Jew repeated at least twice a day in the morning and in the evening, and actually there's, there's uh, pictures in the Bible that it became a prayer three times every single day, morning noon and night. This prayer was repeated by them morning and noon and night. Uh, I've traveled a little bit in the Middle East, and um, there's this like horn thing that goes off like at certain times during the day. Do you, do you know what that is? It's, it's a call to prayer. Islam, right? It's a call to prayer. And um, if you hear that, if you're in the Middle East and you hear that and you kind of think, oh, that's crazy, like this call to prayer, and the, like, that actually probably developed out of the Jewish faith. 
Did you know that? This call to prayer, this, this idea of like three times a day coming to prayer actually probably came from this idea of the Shema. And Jews were, were very active in this, like this prayer, like repeating it three times a day. Because when we repeat things again and again and again, it begins to settle into our hearts. And hopefully, it begins to affect the way that we live our life. So let's just walk through this real quick. Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time here, uh, but I think it's important just to look at this, this prayer, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Now, just that first line of this prayer is a reminder that there is one God. Like in a world that will fight for our attention, in a world full of gods that are fighting for our attention and our affection, there is but one God. Now, in ancient Israel, they actually had other gods fighting for their attention. They had the God of the sky, the God of the sun, all these Greek gods and goddesses, and they were, they were trying to repeat these prayers to make all the gods happy, you know? But... Uh, this prayer was a reminder, a, a constant reminder that there is but one God. And we need to be reminded of this again and again and again. You can give your life to a lot of different pursuits and a lot of different gods, but there is one God, the Lord alone. And you must love this God, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Keep these words that I'm giving you today, keep them in your heart. Um, how do you uh, keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart? Now, that's an interesting uh, sentence and instruction, isn't it? Keep these, how do you keep words in your heart? How do you do that? How do you keep words in your heart? Memorizing, reading, repeating, like keep these things in your heart. You can't do that unless you're constantly taking them in and repeating them. So in this prayer, it's helpful. Uh, and keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. He goes on to this next, repeat them again and again to your children. So here's how you do that. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Now, what's exempt from that? When should you not talk to your children or repeat these things? Like, never. Like, you should always, like, these things should be out in the open in front of you. You should be talking about how good God is. And you, you, you're getting ready for bed one night and you walk outside and it's 78 degrees, which sounds ridiculous to people in other parts of the country. But to us, how good is God tonight? Can I get an amen, right? Like we should talk about these things. And your kids, like you say, hey, will you take the trash out? And you come back and the trash is actually out. And you don't have to say, did you hear me? You actually say, how good is God? That you like you... You shamad me tonight, <laughs> right? Like we should talk about these things when we're going to bed and when we rise in the morning. And then the end of this prayer says, tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads. 
as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Uh, earlier this year, it feels like so long ago, um, we were traveling to Israel, and in the middle of the night uh, on our way over, uh, everybody's kind of asleep, and then we hear some rustling on the plane, and um, some Orthodox Jews uh, were kind of rising for prayer in the morning. And it scared some people on our trip because they like wrapped these things around their arms and had these uh, phylacteries on their, on, their, on their foreheads, and they walked around the, the plane um, nodding like this because they were praying the Shema, right? And it kind of, if you're not used to that, it kind of catches you off guard. You're not, you don't know what's going on. Like, they, they have these straps, and they are literally following the Shema, like what it says. I actually don't think that's what God had in mind when he gave this. I actually think God was saying, like, whatever work your hands find to do, do in such a way that reflects the, the love that you have for God. Does that make sense? Like, the, let the words that flow out of your mouth, like on the front of your, of your face, the, on your forehead, like, let the words that flow out and let the expression itself reflect the love that you have for God. Not tie things on your forehead. I mean, I think that's what God was saying. This prayer repeated every morning and every night. Now, let's just think about this. Hear, O Israel, there is but one God. He's our God. And we've got to love him with everything that we are, our heart, our soul, our strength. And we need to talk about this God as much as we can. Like when I see glimpses of God, I should bring it up. I should talk about it. And I should let the work of my hands and the words of my mouth reflect my love for God so that everybody sees this. My house should be ordered in a way that, that marks my love for God and his love for me. If you've ever been to a Jewish household, um, you may have seen they have these little... Um, little scroll-type uh, things that are on the doorposts of, of their homes. And sometimes you might ask, is that for good luck? No, it's not for good luck. It's actually living out like the Shema. They actually put the laws on their doorposts, as was instructed in, in Deuteronomy. But I think what God had in mind was so much larger than that, like not just a physical copy of the laws, but our home, like expressing our love for God and receiving God's love for us. Our prayers um, aren't just empty words. Like when you pray in the morning and the evening, our prayers just, they're not just empty words or a list of our desires. They're statements of belief, and they are commitments to live in a certain direction. And I think the Shema, which Jesus quoted, is so foundational to what it means to be a Christian follower of his, that we recognize there's one God, that we commit ourselves to loving him and to reflecting him to the world all around us, that we talk about him when we have the opportunity. So three quick questions, and uh, we'll wrap up, and you can dig in a little bit more in your journal this week. There's some great stuff in there this week. Um, three quick questions. 
And these get a little bit personal. I would apologize, but I'm not going to apologize for this. And I would love if you would actually, like, as you think about these, maybe write them down, because it's so powerful to write certain things down. So here's the first question that comes, I think, from the Shema, is um, what gods are competing for my attention and my affection? Now, I want you to think about this. Like, what gods, what are the things in your life that are competing for your heart and your mind? your affections, and your attention every single day? What are the things competing? And it's probably not like a physical, like Ashura pole, like they had in the Old Testament. It's probably not like a physical God somewhere else. But listen, our pursuit, our pursuit of financial security, our pursuit of business success, our pursuit of of personal prettiness, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but you know what I mean. Our pursuit of like looking the part, appearance. Our pursuit of of like making everyone happy. Like that's pursuing other gods. None of those things are are bad in and of themselves. But what is it that, that takes your attention and your affection away from the one true God. Second question, am I loving God with everything that I am? I told you this, like, it's, it's kind of personal, isn't it? Um, are, you, are you truly loving God with all that you are? And then um, the third question, does my life reflect my love for God? Does my, does my life and what I'm doing Throughout my day, does it actually reflect my my love for God? Or does my life reflect my pursuit of other things? Now, this doesn't mean you give up your business or your job or any of that. Because I think God's actually the one who's provided all those things to us. It's that the way we pursue our teaching the way we pursue our management, the way we pursue our business, the way we pursue our marketing, the way we pursue our employment, our vocation, our parenting, our learning, the way we pursue these things are done in such a way that reflect like our deepest love for God the Father and his grace and his hope and his peace for the world. Um, So pull out your journal real quick and on page four and five, you'll find a place where you can write any thoughts that you walk away from here with, just some questions, some any kind of notes or passages of scripture you want to pursue. Um, on page five at the bottom are some things that you can dig deeper with. And the one I want to kind of point our attention to is there's a version Bible uh, reading plan, daily reading plan, and there's a, a link to that. And it's just one of the ways you can begin every morning with God's Word. And so maybe you want to jump in into that. On the next page, page six, is a daily verse of, of, that you can write, make notes about, Monday through Friday, and then some questions that you can talk about. Now, this journal is an attempt to help us get back to 
like loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, like repeating the things of God again and again to talk about them as much as we can in our groups, in our families, with our friends, to reflect God's love more and more. Um, what would it look like? And I, th I think I'm going to try this. What would it look like to every night and every morning start with the same prayer? What would it look like? And what if that prayer was simply this? God, you are my God. God, you are my God. And today, I will try to love you with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. God, you are my God. Today, I, I will try to love you with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. And God, I pray that my life becomes a reflection of that love for you. Like if you repeated that every morning and every evening, God, you are my God. And today, gosh, I made a mess up today. I yelled and I didn't, my life didn't really reflect you, but thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. And tomorrow, will you help me to love you with all my heart, soul, strength? Like what would it look like if we just started repeating the same thing again and again and allowed it to sink down into our hearts and into our minds? Um, would you stand with me? We're going to sing one last song. And I know, um, I know that some will want to slip out during this time, this last song, um, just to, to kind of beat the crowd. And, and, um, but before you do that, you know, I want, to say a, I want to say a prayer over you. And I want to challenge you to commit once again, your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind to the one true God. So Father God, in this moment of, of just trying to center our minds on you, we commit ourselves to you once again. God, you are the one true God. And we genuinely want to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. We often fall short of that, but your grace just covers us again and again and again. And we thank you for that. God, may our lives, the work of our hands, the words of our mouths, may they reflect you and our love for you and all that we do. In Jesus' name.
his mercy and his forgiveness and his grace this week in ways that maybe you haven't before. And may we live out that love that he shows us to the world around us. It's so good to worship with you this week. We will see you next week. Have a great day and a wonderful week.
to me.